listening to Tazzy and Counters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is and why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal counters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome, David. Hi, Jason. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, David. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. David, uh, it's good to have you back with us every uh, Thursday, and uh, you've been continuing your series, Reflecting Jesus. Mm. And uh, I like your stories, and each uh, Thursday morning as we begin, you share another story. And today's uh, story, or this series, the stories that you've been sharing have been some of the blessings in your life. What have have you got for Mm. us today? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Look, one of the biggest blessings in my my life was really finding faith, and I want to I want to just take take a moment to share what I mean by that. I grew up in a Christian home, and so I I guess I found the beginnings of faith when I was young. I was baptized when I was fourteen. Promptly joined the air force and just really walked away from all of that. <clears throat> just not long after that. And, and then it wasn't until I was about 18, 19, uh, 20, I started uh, searching for God again, finding that, you know, life, I think I've mentioned this before, finding that life wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Um, and, and so I started really searching for God. And I, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, I, I found this young lady who was on a similar journey, if you like. And so we had some great discussions. She came from a Seventh-day Adventist background. I came from a uh, another faith, a background from another faith. Parents were very devoted Christians. But I, I had a grandfather who was a Baptist minister. And so I, I thought I knew it all. I thought I had a good grasp of the Christian faith, and so I knew what I was coming back to. So uh, her and I had some really good, inverted commas, discussions. And it wasn't until uh, she had said something uh, about something in the Bible, uh, and, and I thought, no, that, that's not right. That's not in the Bible. That's, she's been reading some other things, but that's not in the Bible. And so I started studying for myself. I, I decided, look, I'm going to have to find this out. It wasn't the best attitude because I was trying to prove her wrong. (laughs) But it got you you studying the Bible. (laughs) It did. It did. So I I really started digging and it it was like someone slapped me in the head when I found the answer in the Bible that aligned with what she was thinking, not what what I was thinking. Mm. And, And at this point, I almost walked away from all faith. Uh, because it felt like my spiritual rug being pulled out from under my feet. I, I felt like someone was saying to me, you don't know what you believe. Mm. And, and you know, I was looking at my beliefs. I thought, yes, but you know, my parents are devoted Christians. My grandfather's a Baptist minister. Uh, if they didn't know what they were talking about, who's to say this lady even has a clue? And, and if, she, if neither of them know what's you know, the, the truth then what hope does anyone have? And I almost walked away from faith. But it was like a voice said to me, David, if you want to know what you have, to, what you believe and you want to know what the Bible says, you need to study it for yourself. Mm. And, and so that's the path I took. And I started digging and I started studying. 
And as I started studying, what I found was, you know, God used information to draw me to him. God uses different things for different people. Some people, it starts with the emotional response. For me, it started with the the um, intellectual response. And so I had to find out the accuracy of the Bible. And I know my perfectionism sometimes drives my wife crazy. But, <laughs> you know, God uses different things for different people. And that's what he used for me. He drew me to him about... This, let's find the truth about what the Bible says, the things that you've been taught. Let's see if they are all what the Bible actually teaches. And I was determined to only believe what the Bible said because of that, that um, I guess, that those understandings I'd come to that point with. And so it seemed like it wasn't a blessing at the time, but as it turned out, it was the biggest blessing I could have had was actually finding faith for myself, you know, finding the information for myself. And through that finding of the faith was finding Jesus. And, and you know, it's interesting, Jason, because it wasn't for, uh, yes, okay, it was in, you know, just a couple of years, I, I discovered everything I thought I needed to know, and I was baptized. And I became a Seventh-day Adventist because I felt that they followed the Bible as closely or closer than anyone else that I'd come across. And yet it was some 20 years before I was converted. And perhaps I'll leave that for another time. Um, maybe I'll, I'll talk about that next week. Mm. It, you know, it took a long time between that um, being saved and being converted. And they can be very different things and they can happen at different times in people's lives. I've had a couple of experiences in my life where um, things have happened which has challenged my beliefs and uh, mm. I grew up um, in the church and uh, you know believing um, you know what I felt was true in the Bible and, and what was written there and uh, I had a friend who um, you know I hadn't seen for a long time and uh, mm. he was a, a close friend and then when uh, we got back together and we got talking uh, he uh, indicated to me that he no longer really believed in God or he was questioning mm -hmm. his belief in God as well and yeah. it really challenged me because um, uh, I thought I knew him and I thought I knew what I believed and then you know it starts to make you, you question and but it was good for you that uh, it actually made you question to the extent that you got back into the Bible and I think that's the, the positive outcome isn't it when we when we mm. search for things for ourselves I think it's so important when we when we dig in, we we get to the answers, and we can come to that really solid belief. Yeah, you're right. And look, sometimes it it feels challenging at the time. Mm. You know, it feels like why? You know, I know what I believe. Why? Why do I have to question it? But mm. I find it very, very helpful to always question your beliefs, not to disbelieve them, but to make sure that they have a sound biblical background. It, so actually, you, it actually strengthens your belief when you do that. It, it when, does. When you re-study it and you say, no, okay, this is what I believe and I've, I've studied it again and I'm certain about it. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, it's, it's one thing to sit in front of a, uh, a pulpit and, and listen to a speaker telling you what they think from the Bible, but it's more important for you to then go back and read it. Like the Bible talks about this group called the Bereans, and that's what they do. Every every week after they'd heard the preacher preaching, they would go back and they would study it diligently mm. to make sure what was being said matched with what was in the Bible. And you should always 
go with what you find in the Bible rather than what's being said, regardless mm. of who it is. Mm. It's very, very important. I recommend it for everyone. Absolutely. Mm. I know um, occasionally I, I get to preach, and I'm not a, a trained preacher and I feel quite unqualified and incompetent, but uh, what I have to say to myself is that if I use the word of God, that is the mm. Bible, if I'm preaching from that, I can't go mm. far wrong. I think you're dead right, and I think that's what we need to do uh, when we, um, you know, when we're listening to messages or sermons. We need to mm. verify it, mm. you know, double check yeah. that it is biblical. That's it. That's it. So uh, today, David, um, uh, uh, just before we go on, last week's uh, program was long suffering, and we're working through mm. a series of, of episodes um, on the the fruit of the spirit. I guess is the mm, is the, right. the topics that we've been covering. But um, if you want to go back and have a listen to those past episodes, you can do that on the website faithfm.com.au. And also, uh, if you would like to listen online, you can listen live and you can also listen to past episodes using the Faith FM app and the website. Uh, you can get the Faith FM app from the Apple or the Google um, app stores. Mm. Uh, but also today, our show number, Tassie Encounters show number, this is unique for our show, 0488 Write that down somewhere. I'll say it again, 0488-880-891. And uh, you can use that number to communicate with us, to ask questions, to give us some feedback, and also to claim our free offers uh, for today. Um, so what are you going to be talking about today, David? Yeah, so anyone who has read this passage that we've been reading each week knows already what I'm going to talk about. But today I want to continue this series on reflecting Jesus by looking at the uh, spiritual fruit or, or the, the fruit of the Spirit called kindness. And it's another of these amazing characteristics of God and how we reflect this in our daily life. But before the first break, perhaps our listeners would like to uh, text in a response or their views on this topic particular topic as we go through it and also provide some input through a question I'd like to ask. Can you share a time when someone was unexpectedly kind to you? So if maybe you could text in an answer to that. Can you share a time when someone was unexpectedly kind to you? Mm. That's a fantastic thing when it surprises you how how kind people can be at times. So mm. we'd love to hear from you. Can you share a time when somebody was unexpectedly kind to you? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Here's a song about kindness by Matt and Josie Minicus. Show 
and Josie Minicus, the song titled Kindness. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're talking with David Maxwell this morning on the topic of kindness. And uh, before we went to the break, we asked you a question. Can you share a time when somebody was unexpectedly kind to you? We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to share that with other people. And uh, you can text your answer in to 0488-880-891. So David, we're going to be looking at the topic of kindness today and as uh, we've been doing the last few weeks, it's not just uh, looking at our understanding of it, but uh, we're going Mm. to be looking at uh, God's kindness as well. So Mm. 
Let's uh, get into this and unpack the topic a little bit. Mm, Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Jason. Look, today as we look at this topic of kindness, it's my hope that we can see the difference between kindness that we actually see in the world or our own kindness to other people and, and is that the same as what God's kindness is all about. But first we'll have a prayer and then we'll read this passage again and we're going to choose a different version this time. And hopefully as we look at all these different versions, you might gain something out of a different version that you didn't hear in another version. So let's pray, Jason. Thanks. Dear Lord, we want to thank you so much that we still have your word today and we can open it and read it. And Lord, as we open and read this passage from Galatians again, please speak to us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 26. Could you read it in the NIV this time, please, Jason? So the New International Version. It says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Mm, thanks, Jason. You know, what, what jumped out at me this time as we read it was the the ab- abject difference between the, the two groups of things. Mm. You know, as you were reading the first group, I thought, ah, oh, that's really perverse. And then as you read the second one, that was just like uh, I, I was lifted in the way you were speaking. And, 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 and it just seems so contrasting, mm. the two differences. So I, I have an illustration uh, that I wanted to start with today called Undeserved Kindness. There was an American life coach and international keynote speaker, TJ, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but I think it's Loafler. And he once shared an experience with, with undeserved kindness that he had. He'd saved up, oh, probably around about $100,000 and, and made an additional 30000 trading on the stock market through stock market options. Now, I don't know if anyone's had a dabble in stock market, but I, I, I shudder when I think about stock market because not only are there wins, but there can be big losses. I haven't got any money to lose, so <laughs> I keep away from it. But he thought he'd made enough to leave his job and do something new. You know, with $130,000, he thought, okay, great, I can make a new start. So off he went. But in the space of just the next six months, and this is often the case for people who get into stock stock trading, he, he lost the whole lot and he ended up in debt. So he was talking to one of his, um, really one of his best friends, and he was bemoaning all of this loss and where he found himself. And uh, he says to his friend, um, or his friend says to him, um, TJ, I've been praying about this and I'm sending you $15,000. That's probably a pretty big chunk. And when this was written, that was a while ago. That's, that's a very generous uh, offer. Very, very generous. Yeah. So he says there's no expectation of anything in return. I just know that you're not meant to be working on Wall Street, but you're meant to be doing something that changes the world. I'd love to hear the rest of his story, but this is all we've got time for today. 
I believe in you and the money and that the money will be uh, sorry and the money will be in your account tomorrow. Is it going to be enough? So he's even prepared to give more. Mm. So TJ now um, shares that he, he faced this huge challenge. Now you would have th- thought, I've just got fifteen thousand dollars. I had you know nothing before. I was in debt. What what's surely what kind of a challenge do I face? But he found that he'd gotten himself into this mess. And he was fearful that he didn't actually have the the, the willpower to honour the generous donation. Um, however, he he found help for his issues, um, and he was able to honour his friend's faith in him and, and do something really really positive. So he says that the undeserved kindness is not an excuse for poor behaviour, but rather it's meant to create an opportunity for change. I really like that an opportunity for change. You know, sometimes when you find yourself in a position where you could help someone, but you think, ah, you know, I'm just going to be validating their failures Mm -hmm. and and helping them continue to fail. But what you're doing with this kind of kindness is you're actually giving people an opportunity to step out of that failure they find themselves in. That's Mm -hmm. what uh, TJ's friend did. It, it's hard, isn't it, when uh, people find themselves in difficult situations and trying to decide how best to help them. And, uh, yeah, sometimes we, we question whether we're going to be really helping help them or, or harming them by, by doing something generous <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And what I mentioned last week when I was talking about uh, long-suffering was there's no salvation without sacrifice. You see that. You know, in the example in Christian, uh, in Jesus' uh, salvation for us, but also, we, you know, it's important to remember this as we strive for the salvation of others, as we try and help other people. It's no good just sitting back and saying, "Oh, you know, that's going to cost me something." Well, yeah, it costs Jesus everything, mm. and He wants us to get involved in people's lives and experience, and that comes at a cost often. Mm. So it would seem that this is what. Biblical kindness involves, it's a not just face value kindness, it's, it's really a sacrifice from the heart. Mm. And well, you are going to say something? No, that's all right, keep going. <laughs> all right, no worries, no worries. So the particular word for kindness that we're talking about here is, uh, is a word that's mentioned around 10 times in the Bible, in the New Testament, and it's uh, in the Greek, it's Christosis, Christotes, uh, and it means goodness of the heart, honesty, uprightness, and kindness. So it's got that word kindness in there, but it's got those deeper understandings. In each of these 10 verses uh, that I've mentioned for the New Testament, um, kindness is always used in the sense that it comes from God, not from us. Um, so as we discuss this topic today, we'll look at some of these texts to help us understand it better. But an illustration that really helps me is one around the random acts of kindness. Do you remember that fad from um, many years ago? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, and there's another one called the acts of random kindness, or the arc. I think that that's an ongoing oh, okay. thing. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Mm. So this random acts of kindness um, was was a fad. I say it was a fad because it was something that people tended to do spontaneously, which was great, and it helped others, which was great, but it doesn't, to me, reflect this idea of biblical kindness because it's just, uh, you know, I, I walk past someone, I see he needs a meal, so here's five bucks, rather than just, you know, throwing him $2 in the bag or, or taking him to 
um, a restaurant and, and buying a meal for him and then walk away and that's the end of my involvement in his life. Mm. Has it really sacrificed anything for me? Has it really um, helped both him and me? Or is it just giving him a fish? You know, the saying, you know, give a man a fish, you'll feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, and he'll eat for life. Um, that teaching a man to fish takes effort and sacrifice from me. Mm, I think so. giving the man a fish, eh, you know, if I'm, if I'm well, I've got a good in- income, I can give people lots of fish. Mm. And sometimes I think when we when we give you know those small amounts and you know I do it sometimes when you're um, passing somebody on the street who who might be in need or whatever. But uh, sometimes I think we do that for our own benefit because it sometimes. makes us feel good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that may not be the the right motivation. No, you're right. You're right. So this kindness that we're talking about is more than just the act. Mm. You know, more than just doing this act. I, I think you had something you were going to share. Did you have any feedback from anyone? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we've, we've had somebody text in. Uh, Paula has texted in. It's a beautiful thing she said. She said, kindness, it's such a lovely gift to receive and give. It humbles me. I've received many acts of kindness. And uh, Mother Teresa said, three things in life to remember. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third <laughs> is to be kind. That's a great message. Thanks, yeah. Paula. We really appreciate your uh, message to us this morning. Yeah, that comes back to the state of the heart, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. It, it needs well, to it needs to encompass our whole body, you know, our whole being. Sort of. mm, mm. So, if you've got a story like that, yeah, text it in. Let me know. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, it's time for our next break. Uh, remember, share us share a time when somebody has unexpectedly been kind to you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you. Um, later in the program, we'll also uh, detail our free book offer today. It's called The Little Book About Kindness, and we'll give you more information later in the program. But right now, this is a beautiful song. It's about letting the Spirit of God change us, and uh, it's called The Spirit of the Living God by Audrey Assad. Until our minds are free 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're talking with David Maxwell on his series Reflecting Jesus and today we're talking about the topic of kindness. David, before the break we were talking about kindness and we were talking about how the Bible uh, explains that I guess kindness is more than just a random act. It's uh, it's deeper than that. It's bigger than that, and mm. uh, so we need to delve into that a little bit more to understand: is it just that simple, you know, giving two dollars to a poor person on the street, or is it something more than that? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, I was mentioning before the break that um, you have this fad, you know, random act of kindness, and while it's not bad in itself. Uh, it's not what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about kindness. It's talking about something much, much deeper. Um, I've got another illustration. This this actually helps me a little bit. So it's something called unnatural kindness. Robert uh, Di Vicenzo uh, was a very modest man. One day uh, a reporter who knew him actually called him the most honest soul I've ever met. I thought that was interesting. Mm. After winning the 1968 Houston Open, Roberto is met at the car park by this young woman. The young woman says something to the effect of, oh, great day for you, but not for me. My daughter has this incurable blood disease and soon she's going to die. So Roberto's really touched by this lady's story and gives her a few hundred dollars to help out with her daughter's condition. Obviously, the woman goes away happy that she's been helped. Sometime later at another country club, an official meets him and says, you know what, they've discovered that that woman you helped, she's actually a fraudster and you've been conned. There's no sick, dying child. And uh, Roberto simply replies, and th- this really gets me as I think about his response. He says, so her daughter is not dying? My friend, that's the best news I've ever heard. Wow, what a response, because you, you, you would naturally want to uh, you know, be angry, angry with them to say, I've been I've ripped been off. Ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this woman didn't deserve that kind of a response. Mm. But that was the response from Roberto's heart. He had a kind heart. And so he didn't care that he'd lost a few hundred dollars. What he did care about was actually... There was no sick child, mm. and what a blessing that is. Mm. This this is the kind of kindness or the type of kindness that God offers us. We don't deserve it, 
And time and time again, we often abuse God's kindness, his love, his mercy, shown us this sort of um, uh, reaching out from himself to us. And how often do we actually take it on board and really appreciate everything that God's done? Do we sit down and think about the cost to God of salvation for us? And I don't think we do. I don't think we really, you know, it becomes very flippant in our modern age. But this kind of kindness that God gives us is a kind of kindness that where he takes our rejection, he takes our abuse, he takes our sin. We see that in Jesus on the cross. And yet he continues to give us the, the forgiveness, not, not unconditionally, but he gives us the forgiveness when we ask. Um, and in um, Exodus chapter 30, I haven't listed this one in my talk, but one that's just come to mind is Exodus uh, 34. Where, where Moses is asking God to see God and God says, no, you can't see me. If you see me, you're going to die because you're sinful. But I'm going to tell you what I'm like. And, and he tells Moses, uh, explains Moses uh, to Moses his character. And in that character, he has the type of forgiving God he is and he talks about iniquity, transgression and sin. This is three kinds of sin, not just three different words, but it's three different words about sin, about different types of sin. It's, it's rebellious sin, that's iniquity. It's sin that you... Uh, commit while you're trying to do what he wants you to do. That's transgression. You know it's wrong, but you know you you do it sometimes, and and you don't want to, but you do. Paul talks about that. And sin is anything that breaks God's law. Sometimes it's unknowingly. Both both testaments talk about the unknowing sin. You do something you didn't know it was wrong. You find out it was wrong. Oops, I didn't want to do that. God forgives both the all all three types of sin: the rebellious the transgression, and also just breaking his law when we come to him. And that's that's kindness. You know, that's the kind of love it is. I've got some verses I want to read, and I want to continue, you know, moving through this because uh, we're going to run out of time. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 7. I'm going to read this from the New King James. I like this translation. So I'm going to read a few verses around it just to give some context. So Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus and he says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, that's the those, those sins we know are wrong to God, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, in the future, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So he shows us what his kindness is like through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So here we have this Christotes. Um, we have an example of what this uh, this kindness looks like. It God isn't kind to us because he has to be. That's what this is saying. He's kind. He's not kind to us because we deserve it. He's just kind. He's kind to us because he loves us so much. And it reinforces why in that list we've been talking about, love is first in the list. It's first in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. 
because love is the essence of God and these other things are the demonstrations, if you like, of that love. So as I suggested in the last talk on the long-suffering of God, we talked about the famous love chapter, First Corinthians 13. It outlines suffering long as a characteristic of God. So God's kindness is also demonstrated through us in this display of patience or long-suffering, as we read last week in Second uh, Peter uh, 3, 9. Let me read that again, because that will help us to understand this. So Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, some people say, well, God's not coming. You know, it's been so long. Nothing's changed. The Bible actually says that's what people are going to say. However, however, Jesus, or this, this, this verse is telling me that God is taking so long because he doesn't want anyone to be, to be lost. He wants everyone to be saved. So this is the demonstration of God's kindness. He's willing to suffer. He's willing to wait a long time, regardless of how that affects him, because he wants everyone to have an opportunity to be saved. So I would suggest that this sort of kindness is almost now so foreign to humans that it's even hard to recognize and understand it at times. Um, We do have some examples, and I see it with children in your life. So anyone who's had a child will understand this probably quite well. Others who haven't had a child, you maybe have seen it in somebody else's life or someone else's experience. So when you have a child, you suffer long. Now, you might laugh at that and say, but hang on, that's not what people tell me. People tell me that having children is fantastic and it changes you in a good way and all those things. Yeah, all of those things are true. But I look at the difference between who I was before and essentially we're selfish people. You know, we we look at what we want to do. Not what others, or what you know, not what others need us to do. But when you become a parent, you know, you bring home a child from hospital. I don't know why they let you do that, Jason, because <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You've never had a child. You didn't read a book on. Oh, this is all the things I have to do as a parent. Well, some people do, but they allow you to go home with no certificate mm. of training. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I I think for most people who have uh, children when they're younger, you know, like mm. in your very early 20s, that uh, I I think you're a little bit more confident at that, you know, you think you know everything. Yeah. (laughs) And then you realise that you know nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you're so right with that. But the same is true with God. You know, we, we then have that child all our lives and all of your life you are now compelled to be selfless. Everything you do focuses around the child and how it affects that child, even as they grow into the adulthood. And I believe this is an example to us of what it's like with God. Mm. So it's hard. It's uh, yeah. It's often that I guess for people, it's hard to express that genuine kindness that God expresses to us. But uh, I guess that's what we need to learn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we we'll dig more into that after yeah. the next break. Let's uh, share about our book offer today. It's called the Little Book about Kindness. It's a free book that we're giving away. Uh, all you need to do is listen to the code that we'll give you after the break. But uh, 
This book, Is It Just for Wimps? It's by Elise Hibbert. Mindfulness seems to have become a buzzword in recent times. Yet rather than emptying the mind in order to open oneself to greater truth and awareness, said to come from within, let's fill our minds with the truths found in God's Word. His Word speaks about kindness, and in this little book, Elise Hibbert gives practical examples of what that means in our modern lives. Practicing Kindfulness. Now, that's a good word, David. Kindfulness different, isn't it? instead of mindfulness can be surprisingly hard, but immensely worthwhile. This is a great little book, and we'll give you the code right after the break. But right now, this is Hear Your Heart by Sydney Wolverton. Places that I know I've been before My friends will tell me Sid What you look for is already yours The treasure that you seek Is waiting right outside your door Jesus opened my door Cause I want the way And I want the one I want the sun to shine on me And I can't you're showing me the truth of your love That I'm the treasure of your heart The treasure of your heart Well, life will pick us up and drop us back down again But I'm not scared because tomorrow is in your hands Anyone can find the dirt in someone else's heart Help me be the one to find the gold right from the start Now help me start, yeah, yeah Cause I want the way and I want the one I want the sun to shine on me And I can't believe that you're showing me the truth of your life treasure of your heart is full of gold these places that i know could never ever hold this love no no wonder i am so to this heart that i know knowing what you're gonna say to me Wolverton with your heart and uh, I guess the message of that song is that when we seek God we uh, we're genuinely wanting to seek a transformation of our heart and so that mm-hmm. we can show the same love that he shows to us to other people mm-hmm. and the same kindness that he shows to us to other people 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, today we're finishing our program on the topic of kindness with David Maxwell. And I promised the code to our book offer, our free book offer today. It's called The Little Book About Kindness and uh, the code for that you can text in to our show number 0488 880891. The code is REFLECT and the number 5, REFLECT5, R-E-F-L-E-C-T, number 5. Text that in with no spaces into 0488880891 to claim your free book offer today. David, uh, we were just uh, finishing up earlier to say that uh, God's kindness is more than just uh, you know, an action or even a collection mm. of actions. But uh, how would you like to wrap this up today? Mm, yeah, thanks, Jason. So before the break, I was sharing how different God's kindness is to ours. Often it's really hard to understand a concept until someone really explains it in a way that's practical and meaningful for you. Um, um, this happened for me when I was at school. Well, it happened after school, but but it's the issue started while I was at school. I don't know about you, but I never understood maths problems. Okay. So they have all these words and have some numbers in there and there's some instructions in the words about how to take those numbers and manipulate them and come up with the answer to the, the, the problem. Mm. And there was just too many words in there and it was a jumble. And as I read it, I didn't know how to put it together or what they were asking. And I could just never see what what I needed to do to answer the problem. So I'd see the, 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 the problem in the maths test and I would almost freeze up when I read it. And I'd become more and more baffled as I read it, almost failing right there and then. That's what I'd think, you know, oh, I'm done. <clears throat> I'm going to fail. <clears throat> this is a problem. I don't know how to deal with it. So after many years in the Air Force, I decided I want to change trades and perhaps study to become a pilot. Mm. Sorry, I was going to cough. Yes. <laughs> uh, to do this, I needed to do year 11 and 12 because I never did it. Um, I joined the Air Force after year 10 uh, as an apprentice. So I began at night school with a, <coughs> with a short course on um, maths <coughs> to bring me up to speed um, because I never really, I never really um, understood everything very well, and of course, not going to year eleven and twelve, you didn't do those more advanced topics. Nevertheless, um, I, I, I never really finished this. I don't, I don't know why I didn't finish the night school classes. I don't even remember. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What was really important for me is as the lecturer begins this first class, he announces uh, tonight we're going to look at how to solve maths problems mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's amazing how god works mm. why would he do that why would he do that particular thing i just about fell out of my chair with fright i thought oh no i'm gonna fail this one too and and i became really interested as he continued and he unpacked the solution in a very plain and simple way and he just said you read the words you look at the numbers, you take the numbers and you put them outside of the problem and the words tell you how to manipulate the, the numbers. Mm. In, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, he, he explained to me in a practical way how to solve the problems. And that was it. I, I, was, I was happy after that. I was able to solve a problem. Now, I don't know what else I learned at that class, but I remember that. 
And I would suggest that to understand any of the things about God, we need to have them explained, or even better, demonstrated in ways that are easy for us to understand. That's really important. So when we look at what Jesus did for us and the lengths that he goes to ensure that every person possible is saved, it helps us to understand the depths and the reality of the kindness of God. So finally then, what's the result of coming to this understanding? So, you know, we, we understand things about God, but he doesn't just want, to under, want us to understand them. I'm going to touch on this more when I talk about my conversion next week, so I won't touch too much on that. But, but what does God want us to do? First and foremost, as we gain this fuller understanding of it, the kindness of God, we do that as the Holy Spirit comes to live within each of us, as you mentioned before, Jason. As we listed the fruit of the Spirit we've been reading about, it's so different from the works of the flesh. Remember when you read those in the NIV today, I said mm. what a contrast they were. In uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, it shows us what the result of this kind of kindness shown to us should be in our lives. Let me read it for you. So it's Colossians 3, and I'm going to read 12 and 13 together. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender kindness, put on tender kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. That's, that's a really hard act to actually implement. It's a tall order, isn't it? You know, Jesus says, Eva, or, or God says through Paul to the church in Colossians or Colossae, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. Here it sounds like to me, the Bible's telling me that just like Jesus was spat on but forgave, he was beaten but he forgave, he was whipped but he forgave, he had nails driven through his wrists but he forgave, he was stripped jeered at, mocked, laughed at, but he forgave. And he's telling us to do the same. Have you ever demonstrated this kind of kindness, this sort of kindness in your life, perhaps, but also perhaps not at this level? How do we do it? Paul explains to the Christian Romans that it is possible, but only as we put on Christ, coming back to what you said before, as we have this indwelling Holy Spirit in our lives, he's able to give us the character and the power to do this. As we walk in the Spirit, as we live like that, that's what Paul is talking about, his great kindness is then displayed through us in our behaviours to others, not, not just because we want to do something kind and feel good, but it's because our character becomes changed and we become more like God himself. Remember the opening illustration of the life coach, um, T.J. Loeffler, uh, whose friend selflessly gave him 15000 um, just to get back on his feet mm. because he believed in him rather than him actually deserving it. Well, this is the kindness of God. This is the type of kindness. God didn't need to save us. 
He didn't need to show us any favour, but in fact, we don't even deserve to be shown the favour. We rejected him, we, we were living in abject rebellion, but because of his great love for us and his deep-seated character of kindness, he suffered greatly, died on our behalf just to win us back. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we too will have changed characters that become kind to those who don't deserve it. Mm. That, that's what I wanted to share today about it. That's, uh, that's it's so relevant and important to us uh, to, to learn that. And I think sometimes mm. we struggle with uh, knowing how to, but um, we've, we've talked about it, it comes through the Holy Spirit and there's a verse that comes to mind in Luke 11, verse 13, that um, uh, where Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. But he mm-hmm. says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how mm-hmm. much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so I guess mm-hmm. we need to keep asking on a daily basis that God will give us the Holy Spirit to be able to be kind in the heavenly way, in the godly mm-hmm. way, not in our mm-hmm. own uh Selfish way. Selfish way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, an important thing. It uh, comes through the Holy Spirit. What have you got for us next week, David? Yeah, next week we're going to talk about God's goodness, God, God's goodness, where there's a lot of talk about being good. Mm. So we're going to have a look and see, well, what does God's goodness look like? Awesome. And uh, tomorrow you'll be joining Tabitha and Natalie with part mm. two of uh, her story. Oh, and yeah. They don't want to miss this. Don't want to miss that one. Yeah. Called <laughs> Peace and Surrender. So uh, uh, stay tuned for t- tomorrow for that uh, at 9 a.m. for the conclusion to Natalie Moore's story with her journey with cancer as well. Mm. Remember our book offer today, The Little Book About Kindness. And you can text in reflect and the number five, no spaces, to 0488-880-891 and we'll get that book out to you. This last song, it's a great one, Spread a Little Love Around by Linda Shelton. Have a great day wherever you are. May God be with you. Sometimes this crazy world can make us all feel bad I sit and watch the news and just get sad We need to stop and smell the roses in the ground Get out today, spread a little love around Talk to a neighbor, volunteer a favor Help out a stranger when his car's broke down Give your wife a kissin' When your kids talk, listen It makes a lovely sound Spread a little love around You know it don't take much to make somebody's day A kind word, a tender touch goes a long way We can change the whole world if we start in our hometown Get out today, spread a little love around Tell your mom you love her, bear hug your brother Treat your sister to a night out on the town Throw the ball for Rover, wrestle in the clover Put a smile on that old hound, spread a little love around
And this world gets you down Spread God's love around 